0: Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi, and a very good afternoon to you. This is Rabbi Michael Katz here and coming to you live via Skype. It is uh, wonderful to be in your company, and hopefully we can share some thoughts, you know, while we're hearing about COVID-19 and while everybody is uh, caught up in this lockdown and um, being at home there are some very, very real and important things that we need to deal with from a Jewish point of view and to know about in the week that lies ahead because it is a powerful week and it's the week before Pesach. Yes, believe it or not, we are already just one week away. Next week, Wednesday night, we will be sitting down to our first Pesach Seder of this year and albeit that it will be a little bit different from what we are used to and what uh, may have been uh, perhaps but um, nevertheless it's going to be happening in a very very special and beautiful fashion but there is a build up to it all and let's perhaps today spend some time thinking about the build up to Pesach and the build up is something that is commonly done, it is every year uh, possibly the same but then I guess the Pesach Seder every year the Haggadah is possibly the same and um, Maybe there won't be that much news here, but just to remind one and to think about all the things that we need to bear in mind in the week ahead. So, first of all, we're going to be dealing with the upcoming Shabbat, Shabbat Hagadol. Yes, this is Shabbat Hagadol, the big Shabbos, as it is known, the Shabbos before Pesach. So we'll explore a few of the ideas behind Shabbat Agado, Then we are going to be dealing with the things that we need to be taking care of. There are a whole lot of things that we need to make sure that we have done before Pesach actually arrives. And remember, and let me remind you of the fact that Pesach is unusual. Why is Pesach different from all the other festivals? Is because in effect, a lot of the Pesach rules come into existence already before Pesach starts. Now, this is unusual because usually we know that there was an evening and a morning and usually our um, festivals, our Chagim, our Yamim Tovim, our Shabbat and so on begins at nightfall. When it comes to Pesach, a lot starts already on the morning before. So next week, Wednesday morning, already a tremendous amount of the Pesach Events, activities, and practices are already in place. Let's begin talking a little bit about Shabbat Hagadol, the big Shabbat. And why is it called Shabbat Hagadol? What is Shabbat Hagadol? Well, it's the name that's given to the Shabbos, as we said, before Pesach. And every year the Shabbos before Pesach, and sometimes the Shabbos before Pesach is actually the day before Pesach, and then it's even... Perhaps Morgadol, it's a little bit different, but not so this year, where uh, Shabbat still is followed by a few days before Pesach actually arrives. It is called Shabbat HaGadol, and it is still Shabbat HaGadol, even if you're not in shul, and even if we're all at home, and even if we're just practicing this all in private, but it nevertheless is Shabbat HaGadol. It's a big Shabbos, and we have to know that it's a big Shabbos with big power from a Jewish point of view. Now, the first reason, and perhaps the main reason, why it is called Shabbat HaGadol is because the big Shabbos actually was the day on which the exodus from Egypt really began. It happened to line up with the 10th day in the month of Nisan, and interestingly enough, it does this year as well, that Shabbat is the 10th of Nisan. So we are repeating the events almost mirrored exactly to when we got out of Egypt, all those thousands of years ago. And when we think about Shabbat Hagadol, we're told that it was the day on which We had actually taken a lamb, it was Shabbat, and we took a lamb and we took it into our homes and we tied it, as we're told, to the bedposts. And the idea of taking it into the home was not only that we could spend some time checking that the lamb was clean and that it was pure and that it was fitting to be brought as a korban, as a sacrifice, because in effect it was the very first communal sacrifice that the Jewish people did. And, of course, they ate the lamb on that first night of Pesach, having smeared the blood on the doorposts and protected the home. So that uh, the Malach Hamavet, that the uh, angel of death could not enter into that home, they had classically isolated themselves in their homes. And this all began actually, on the Shabbat before we left Egypt. It was the 10th of Nisan. And taking that animal, taking that lamb into the home, was going to be the sign or the symbol of absolute mesirous nefesh, absolute self-abnegation. The people were actually really, truly doing an act of heroism by taking this animal into the home because the lambs, as were many other animals, were worshipped by the Egyptians. They were their gods. And the concern or the directive, actually, from Moshe Rabbeinu and from God was for the Jewish people to take this lamb into their homes, to have it in the homes, and when the Egyptians who were surrounding them, who were all over them, would come and say to them, What are you doing? You're taking this animal, our God into your home. They say, they would have to say and they would need to say that this lamb we are going to slaughter and this lamb we are going to take in to our homes and we're going to make sure that this lamb is a symbol of our redemption. We're taking your so-called God. We're going to slaughter it and offer it up to our real true Almighty God, and this is going to be an act of our redemption. Now, they had to be honest. It's an interesting thing that we're told by our sages that the Jewish people may not have always been that honest, but on Shabbat, They knew that they had to be honest. And therefore, it's linked with Shabbat. On Shabbat, they were honest. They told the absolute truth. We are going to be taking this animal, we're going to be offering it up, and we're going to be out of here. We're going to have redemption. That redemption is going to happen immediately. And uh, in a couple of days' time, we are going to be doing exactly the same thing. Please stay tuned. be back with you right after this. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Let's get back to the basics of Judaism, Judaism 101.9, as uh, the show is called, and uh, give you a few further reasons and ideas about the coming Shabbat, Shabbat Hagadol. You know, um, when children grow up and they reach a certain age, and um, especially when they e- reach an age of maturity. For instance, when a boy becomes Bar Mitzvah or when a girl becomes Bat Mitzvah, we call them from that age onwards a Gadol. They are no longer a Katan. They're no longer small. They're now big. And in a way, this is exactly what happened with the Jewish people. At the moment that we kind of... Indicated to the Egyptians that we were about to leave Egypt, that we had taken that lamb, as we mentioned before, that we were getting closer to the Geula, to the redemption. We became Gadol. We became Gadolim. We became big. And this was the Shabbat of the Gadol. This was the big Shabbat because it was the first Shabbat, really, that the Jewish people kept in a way that was different to uh, the way that they had Done before. Here, as a Jewish people united, they kept Shabbat. Now, there was a call a couple of weeks ago already um, <clears throat> to try our utmost to keep the Shabbat's of this uh, time. Um, it was actually before the lockdown, but particularly now during the lockdown to ensure that we keep Shabbat. It is so much easier. We don't have all the distractions of things that we would possibly uh, want to run to and to go to and traveling and all of those things are on lockdown. There's uh, nothing really to be done other than to stay home and keep Shabbat. And so what a wonderful opportunity, particularly when it comes to this Shabbat, this Shabbos, Mm -hmm. Shabbat Hagadol, to be kdolim, to be, big in a bigger fashion perhaps than ever before and make this into an eventful, special, beautiful family Shabbat and in that way make it even more gadol than it was ever before. There are also other reasons why it is called Shabbat Hagadol, gadol and one of them is that we're told that on this Shabbat the uh, Jewish people were supposed to, in Shul, hear all of the rules and regulations about Pesach, a big drosha. Now, that's the time that the majority of people feel, well, oh gosh, this is getting a little bit boring and it's long-winded and couldn't the rabbi have condensed it all into a short uh, little speech? Well, when it comes to the laws of Pesach, there is so much that we need to know and so much that we need to relearn and so many things that we need to bear in mind. And there are so many things that, although we thought we knew, we need to be reminded of them, that this was an opportunity on the Shabbos before Pesach, the Gadol, the leader of the community, the Talmud Chachan, the uh, rabbi, the chief rabbi, would uh, get up and deliver a magnum opus, Drosha, a huge speech, and so it was Gadol possibly in light of the fact that it was the great person or the leader of the community who was giving this great um, um, drosha this great speech and this great sermon, telling and teaching all the big laws. So there again, Gadol, because there is a tremendous amount of Jewish law that uh, pertains to Pesach. And it fills volumes and volumes and volumes. And perhaps the learning actually of Pesach never really ends. There is so much that we need to think about and know about, not only from a physical and practical point of view, but also the deeper meanings of redemption, of gu'ula, and so on, that um, we need to wrap our heads around, that this was a moment of gadol. This was a big moment, a big time, when people got together and they heard these rules and regulations. We're also told that, in fact, because... The drosha went on for a long time. People spent more time in shul, and they would spend a longer time in shul, uh, coming home late perhaps for their cholent or for their uh, third meal or whenever it was, that uh, the drosha was actually delivered, that this big speech was actually made, that it was a bigger Shabbat than most perhaps people came home Later than usual, and it seemed that the Shabbat therefore lasted longer. So there are many, many different rules and regulations um, that were taught and that were learnt, and all of them really kind of are traced back to this big Shabbat, the big Shabbat, the Shabbat Hagadol, that is the Shabbat before Pesach. Now, of course, it is a time when uh, we're not going to go to shul and we're not going to hear the drosha from the rabbi, and we're not going to have uh, the Shabbat um, played out in the way that it was envisaged with these um, ideas and these rulings and these regulations, but there is definitely an opportunity to spend some time before this Shabbat downloading, um, learning, thinking about all the things that we um, uh, can and should be thinking about Over a Shabbat that precedes Pesach Get your family in tune Have some time that you can spend In uh, the next uh, Couple of days Researching and looking for things that you're going to share With your family and you be the gadol. This is an opportunity now To become gadolim Of our own uh, In our own um, right and in our own sense You know um, We're facing a Pesach where Possibly, you may never have made a Pesach Seder yourself. There are many people that I know who have never actually made Pesach at home. It's always been either to go away to a a program or to go away to Israel, or um, if you're the lucky ones that you're able to always go to your parents or your parents-in-law and so on, and perhaps have never actually made Pesach meals at home and then actually never Made a seder. Well, isn't this possibly the greatest opportunity that we all have to step up to the plate, to the seder plate, and to become gedolim, to become big in a different sense, to become the leaders, to become the drivers, to become the people that um, we all perhaps need to be within our own families. And instead of being the ones who are sitting at the table and asking the manishtana, in a sense, of our parents, we have now taken on the role of being the Gdolim, of being the big ones. And, of course, there are some who are going to be lonely. Of course, there are some who will be on their own, but they too. You can become a gadol. You can become big. You can become the one who is leading, who is driving, who is doing everything um, that pertains to Pesach and teaching everybody at your seder. And even if it is only you yourself, and perhaps it may be just one other, or maybe it is just a couple of people that you have within your family that you're teaching. You have the opportunity to be that leader, to be that teacher, to be that gadol, to be the father figure or the mother figure to whom the questions are asked and to be able to provide all the answers. And here on this Shabbat is an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to share, an opportunity to investigate and to come up with and to understand all the intricacies of the Pesach experience that lies ahead of us. Now, there are a number of other important details and important things in the days that lie ahead. Number one, number one, and first and foremost, let's think about Sunday. Sunday is the 11th of Nisan. On the 11th of Nisan, Yud Aleph Nisan, it is the birthday of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, The Rebbe born in 1902 would be turning 118 on this coming Sunday. Now, there's a special, special date, not only for Chabad Chasirim, for the Babiches around the world, but it's a special date also for um, Jews everywhere. If we think about it, there is not a, a Jew in the world today who doesn't have some kind of a connection and, dare I say, some kind of a dependence on Chabad and Chabad houses here and around the world. And here in South Africa, we have the beautiful, beautiful blessings that were given to the South African Jewish community and to Jews in South Africa by the Lubavitcher Rebbe, encouraging Jews to stay in South Africa, encouraging Jews to realize the power the beauty and the strength of the South African Jewish community and South Africa per se, albeit that the Rabbah did attribute a tremendous amount of the power within the country of the strength in the country to the Jewish community, to the charity that is given to the incredible acts of kindness and chesed that uh, right in the beginning of this program, Rama Kalabach was referring to that pervade and that typify the South African Jewish community. It is an honor to be part of such a community, and it's an honor, too, to know that the Rebbe saw in the South African Jewish community and in South Africa such tremendous hope, hope not only for difficult times, Mm -hmm. as we're going through now, and of which we can be extremely proud, I think, of the way that our president, that the government, uh, that the country has taken to uh, dealing with this particular crisis, but a tremendous amount of encouragement from the Rebbe for the South African Jewish community to know that there is a power, there is a strength, there is an importance in uh, keeping our mitzvot, in learning our Torah, in doing all of the things that we do and we can and we should do um, in South Africa to strengthen our uh, Jewishness and to strengthen our country uh, beyond anything that we could possibly ever imagine. So, Yud Aleph, listen, let's perhaps on Sunday spend some time thinking about the Rebbe. And yes, the Rebbe now enters into, in a spiritual sense, into his 119th year. And as is known, there is a Chabad uh, uh, tradition to say a psalm. And a psalm said, a a chapter of Tehillim rather said, each and every day, Um, is said according to the age, in other words, the year that you're in. So for the rabbi, being that he's turning 118, we're marking his 118th birthday, we now start saying Psalm 119. And there is one thing that everybody knows, and that is Psalm 119 is extremely long. In fact, there are 176 verses in that Psalm. So perhaps it's an idea on that day to spend some time Looking at Psalm 119, it is broken up into various segments or, or uh, chapters within the psalm itself, each one according to the Hebrew alphabet. There are a whole lot of verses, eight in fact, verses that um, uh, start with an Aleph and then a Bet and then a Gimel and a Dalet and so on going through the Hebrew alphabet. And it is quite amazing if you take a look at that psalm and perhaps try and say it in honor of the Rebbe on this coming Sunday for Yud Aleph Nisan. Now, we also have to make sure during this period of time that we have already sold our chametz. Now, remember, we're not allowed to possess chametz. We're not allowed to possess anything that is leaven during the period of Pesach. One of the ways that we do that, of course, is to clean our homes, to clean our houses, make sure that whatever we possibly can get rid of, of a chametz nature is gotten rid of. Anything that we're keeping needs to be packed away. We need to make sure that we have everything ready and prepared, but we also need to sell El chametz Now, usually this is done through your own rabbi by going along and making sure that it is sold, that he is the agent to sell it to the Beth Today, it needs to be done online, and you need to do it this year online, and perhaps the easiest for you to do it is to go to Chabad, South Africa, if you go to our website, there is a link there to the sale of chametz. You can fill in the form. You can do that, and that will be passed on to the Beth Bethden for the sale to take place on Erev Pesach. Be back with you right after this. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Yes, and of course, very appropriate words to the song. I'm Yisrael, Jewish people, do not be afraid, don't be afraid, the Lord is our God, the Lord is God, is the one who will protect us, who will see us through this difficulty as he has um, others and hopefully very, very soon we will um, be heralding the ge'ula, the complete redemption, which we hope will happen very speedily in our time. So we are back to the basics of Judaism and thinking about Judaism 101.9 in preparation for Pesach. So we've dealt with the idea of selling our chametz and removing chametz from our homes. Once we have done all of that, we need to make sure that we actually – um, search for the chametz in a formal fashion. And this takes place next week on Tuesday evening, the night before Pesach, um, After just after nightfall. We should place 10 pieces of chametz, of bread, around the house. Now, remember, you will have cleaned by then. Everything will be ready and pristine and beautiful for Pesach. So you don't want to make a mess and you don't want to drop crumbs all over the place. So make sure that the pieces that you place are carefully wrapped you place them around the home, put them in any room where you may have had chametz around your house, and then at nightfall with the whole family together, and of course the family has nowhere else to go, um, they're all going to be there, please God, we're going to um, go around and we're going to search for the chametz, as you will see in the beginning of most Haggadot, in the beginning of your Haggadah, as well as in the siddur, the search for the chametz is spelled out there. We need to make sure that we put it out, that we um, uh, place it in um, uh, various places around the house, that we actually go around and do a physical search with the correct wording, with the bracha that is made before for the nullification of the chametz. We place it then carefully. Having searched, hopefully, you have a candle and a feather and a spoon, uh, which are the traditional items that we use for the search a wooden spoon. We go around, we search for it, we place it in a bag, make sure that it 's out of the reach of small children, make sure that it is then out of the reach of animals that you may have in your home and make sure that it is in a place where you remember where you have placed it in order to be able to then take it out in the morning and burn it. Now, there are always or usually communal places of burning the chametz, but unfortunately this year that won't be. So you'll need to make a little fire of your own and do the burning of the chametz on Wednesday morning. And that should be done before the times that of course are shown on the Beth Din website um, and uh, on your calendar as well. The time for the burning of the Chametz must be adhered to. We burn the Chametz and we do the actual final nullification that takes place on Wednesday morning. And from that moment on, we are no longer permitted to eat um, Chametz in any form. Um, and that, of course, is what I alluded to right at the beginning, the idea of Pesach actually coming in a little bit before uh, most Chagim, most festivals, that actually effectively the rules and regulations about the eating of Chametz begin in the morning. And this was because, of course, the Paschal offering, the Pesach offering was actually brought on the day before, in the morning of uh, the, of Erev Pesach, or the day before Pesach, and then eaten that night at the Seder. We need to make sure that we are also prepared with many items, many things that we need for the Pesach Seder. You should by now have um, made plans at least of uh, getting your matzah, um, your wine or grape juice, your maror, your bitter herbs, um, the ingredients that are needed for the charoset, for the um, the apples and nuts and wine that are mixed together in the pasty mix that is called charoset. the Item of a vegetable that you're going to be using for the karpas um, and some salt to make your salt water, all of those things should already, or if you haven't yet, make sure you do in the next couple of days, acquire what you need, the necessities for the Seder, and make sure that you are then ready and set for all of those things to be manufactured, to be made, to be put together um, and prepared for your Pesach Seder next week, Wednesday evening. Um, we also need to ensure that our children are not dropping chametz all over the house at the moment. Um, because once you've cleaned, you certainly don't want babies, um, little kids running around and then messing up the uh, beautifully cleaned rooms that you have vacuumed and you've cleaned the carpets and you've gone into uh, the trouble of cleaning and making sure that everything is ready for Pesach. And so a suggestion is that... You already switch, if you can, uh, once you've cleaned a little bit, you switch to giving your children Pesach Dekah foods um, that when they are running around the house and they drop something, it's not the train smash of messing things up, of making sure that um, we can adhere to the rules and regulations of Pesach and of having a chametz free home that is not impacted upon by any Uh, children running around and inadvertently dropping comments. Be back with you right after this. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Just a last point before we sum up is uh, let's think about the idea of um, a purging our vessels or doing what we call a cashering, the cashering of vessels. Now, once again, very often people would take their things to be cashered at a communal space. And, of course, this is not going to happen this year um, because of the social distancing, etc. We need to make sure in the isolation and the... Uh, Lockdown. We need to make sure that if we are doing any cuttering, that we know how to do it. I would here recommend that you speak to your local rabbi or rabbitson, that you get some advice on how to do it. Don't make it up as you go along. Um, it, it can be for different vessels. It can be quite detailed and quite difficult. Um, would probably be best if we could avoid cashering at all um, because it's just easier that way and uh, you're not going to make any mistakes if you have the opportunity to use new vessels and, 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 and perhaps even disposable stuff uh, will be a little bit more useful this year than any other year and make sure that we are prepared with our kitchen and the things that we need for uh, the Pesach Chag, for the holiday, um, for Pesach that is coming very, very soon. So let's make sure that we get all our uh, Pesach preparations in line. But let's perhaps end with a bit of a spiritual thought or perhaps something of a little bit of an insight. You know, we've been talking a tremendous amount about self-isolation And, uh, yes, um, we've also had the idea of flattening the curve. Have you ever thought about the fact that the matzah that we're going to eat is flatter than the curvy uh, stuff that we eat throughout the year, the bread, the chametz that rises? So, yes, we, too, are going to be flattening the curve. And, yes, we, too, are going to be thinking a little bit about self-isolation. And perhaps when we think about self-isolation this year, it may take on a slightly different meaning when it comes to Pesach. The idea on Pesach is to be a little bit less concerned with self. The idea of chametz is that it typifies or that it is a metaphor really for um, a lack of humility, for arrogance, for haughtiness, for the fact that I'm full of hot air, I'm full of myself. When we think about the matzah, the matzah, typifies and exemplifies and symbolizes the idea of being humble. It is humble, bread. It is the epitome of humility. And when we think about the idea of self-isolation, perhaps it is time for us to think about self-isolating, taking ourselves, the selfishness within me, isolating it and making sure that I live a life that is much more humble, filled with humility and concern and care for others, Before myself Hopefully we can adhere to A lot of these uh, rules, regulations, ideas and ideals For the upcoming festival of Pesach I look forward to being back with you again Please God, same time, same place next week And I want to wish you a great Shabbat Haggadol up ahead And let's utilize this time before Pesach To the best possible um, of our ability to make sure that we have the best, most beautiful Chag, the most beautiful Pesach that is ahead of us. Not one that is going to be down and sad and depressed, but rather one that is going to be filled with beautiful and wonderful lessons and messages and ideas. And hopefully very, very soon the idea of redemption will come to fruition in a very, very real fashion, similar to the way it did all those years ago when we got out of Egypt. Look forward to being back with you same time, same place next week on Judaism 101.9.